Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies, buddies talking about, talking about cinema. This is Cinebuds. I'm 88.9's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today, we're not talking about movies. We're talking about a collection of movies, an award show of movies. Uh The Film Independent Spirit Awards. Live from Santa Monica, California, it's the Independent Spirit Awards. But ultimately, they decided to go with someone with a thicker mustache. Hey! Please welcome John Waters. Christopher, why are we talking about the Independent Spirit Awards? Because they're the best ones. They are the best ones. The Oscar nominations came out uh, recently, and we talked about them in a show where we also talked about cats. You can listen to it anywhere you listen to Cinebuds. That's awesome. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. (laughs) Anywhere you listen to podcasts. (laughs) Cinebuds. Um, And we did not love them, but there is a... Um, there's an award show that does things better and yeah. is the Film Independent Spirit Awards. I didn't know about this until you if brought it cool, up. If you're cool, you can just say the Spirit Awards. Oh, the Spirit Awards. Yeah. Okay. Or the so, Spy Awards. So that's even faster. So tell us more about it. Why do you, why uh, do you like it? They're 35 years old. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a younger show. It happened as like independent film movement was sort of gearing up. So they're voted on by all the members of Film Independent, which is a film organization, I think, based in L.A. Uh, they all get screeners. They get to vote for them. So it's like actually people watching movies who are interested in this kind of film and then talking about their favorites. So how does that compare to the Oscars? Oscars are like you have to be chosen to be in the Academy. You're usually a film professional, which is great in theory, except there's so much politics that goes into being uh, chosen. Um, you know, Oscar's so white, Oscar's so male for the last several years, you start to look at the makeup of the Academy and it's, it's very, very unrepresentative. And then you, you basically have to like campaign for your movie for people to. Yeah. And then when you get a, when you want to be nominated, you have to spend millions of dollars on this campaign. It's like running for office. And so people don't have the money. If you, if a movie doesn't have that much money, you're not going to get seen. So this one is a lot fairer, <laughs> a lot more fair, and a lot more interested in movies and like moving movies forward as opposed to just the same stuff over and over. And it's 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 not too far removed from a lot of the, you know, movies that are well thought of. You yeah. know, there there are movies that are critically acclaimed in here. There's a lot of like crossover. It doesn't mean that um, it's just movies that nobody has ever heard of. No, there's a lot of crossover in the Oscars too. Even yeah, yeah. and in the last the last five years, well, let's start in 2014. These are the winners. Yeah, yeah. the winners in 2014, Birdman won, which also won the Oscar for best oh, yeah, picture. Yeah. Um, 2015, Spotlight, which was also big. 2016 was Moonlight. 2017 yeah. was Get Out, and that is where yeah. you know that is where it didn't get any Oscar love at all. Right, it is well thought of now. Everybody is like, you know, yeah. it was missed by the Oscars, and uh, you know, Get Out was the winner. 2018, If Beale Street Could Talk, which was totally passed over by the Oscars, and yes. was my favorite film of the year. We are going to talk about it right when we come back from the break. So stick around. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. 
More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at AssociatedBank.com slash MKEFilm. Member FDIC. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back. We're back talking about the Spirit Awards. Spirit Awards versus Oscars. Yep. Um, and we're we're pro Spirit Awards. I'm pro Spirit. So what is your what was your introduction? I I've heard of them for years, but because I didn't have I've almost never had cable in my life. Mm. Uh, so it's on the independent film channel. That's where they air them. So it doesn't get the main stage like the Oscars does. Um, but I always wanted to because their hosts were always really interesting. Oh my god! Uh, they're the people who show up were more interesting than you see the same old people. God bless Tom Hanks. I I, I think I've heard him talk yeah. plenty. Brad Pitt, great. You get all a lot of the sparkly people. You get plenty of sparkly people at the Spirit Awards too. But it's like more fun. They're like more interesting, and it's not the same thing every year. Yes, last year was hosted by Aubrey Plaza, and the two years before that, it was Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Um, Fred Armisen and Kristen Bell have hosted it. Patton Oswalt, Andy yeah. Sandberg. See, yeah. Oh, I saw the Andy Sandberg uh, monologue, which is hilarious. But Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, I, I I strongly urge everyone to YouTube those monologues from the Independent Spirit Awards. They're the funniest monologues of, like, award show I've ever seen. They're so funny. And so you want to get into what's up for the best nominees yeah, for this year? Okay. For sure. Um, Spirit Awards, best features. We've got five of them up for best feature. Uncut Gems, Marriage Story, The Farewell, a Hidden Life and Clemency. Yeah. Uh, uncut. Let's start with Uncut Gems. Ignored by the Oscars. Completely ignored by the Oscars and totally worthy of all yeah. the acclaim. And there were campaigns for this. Like, not just like financial campaigns. Like, people were like, the Adam Sandler needs to be at least nominated. People were outraged. Uh, but here, I never thought sense. that I would be <sighs> upset that. Adam Sandler is not nominated for an Oscar. This is a sen- this is a sentence you hear in like one of those shows about the future where everything's weird, like <laughs> the President Adam Sandler, like that kind of thing. Uh, right. But genuinely, genuinely upset that he's not nominated yeah. for an Oscar. Never thought so that I would good. be saying that. Uh, Marriage Story, Marriage Story, but also nominated for Oscars. So that's one of like the kind of overlap things. Makes perfect sense. Uh, farewell, the farewell, another snub. The farewell snubbed from. From the Oscars. From the Oscars. Yeah, uh, like almost completely, if not completely. And uh, Aquafina won the Golden Globe uh, for Best Actress. Uh, Also, that movie in every other award ceremony is represented. Also, it's such an Oscar-y movie. Yeah. Why would that not? Again, maybe they didn't have the money to campaign for it. And then two that I have not seen, A Hidden Life. Yeah, the new Terrence Malick movie. Okay, what else has Terrence Malick done? He has done, well, what, back in the day he did Badlands, uh, which is a classic. Uh, more recently, Tree, Tree of Life. Oh, fantastic. So he does these, like, arty, Hollywoody crossovers. They're very arty films, but they always have huge stars in them, especially lately. Uh, so he has been representing the Oscars a lot in, like, the last 20 years. But um, 
for some reason this this time not so much. And then Clemency, which I don't remember being in the theaters here at all. Yeah, I don't think it has come out yet actually in this area. I okay. think it probably did like the required LA New York thing. Mm-hmm. But starring Alfre Woodard as a judge, I, b- I believe she's a judge who's struggling with the death penalty and it's a really intense movie uh from what I've heard and we're actually pursuing it for a member screening. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. I probably shouldn't say that. insider info. I shouldn't say that because I don't know if we're going <laughs> to get it. I hope we do. But it's a great representation of, uh, you know, what movies are doing, like, on the cutting edge as well as honoring some things that are, you know, getting, being spoken about yeah. across the board as and also introducing us to some new ones. Like, Hidden Life and Clemency, I haven't really heard that many people talk about, but that's... That's what you want an award ceremony to do. Yeah. You know, like part of the the thing about the Oscars is that they get nominated and then those are the movies that everybody talks about. And yeah. then you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, see a movie, but it, because it's nominated for the Oscars, it gets back in the right. theater. People talk about it. People think highly of it. If it doesn't get nominated, people don't think about it at all. Yeah. And then it, you know, it just is is left there, and that's yeah. the beauty of these is 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 rewarding the people, you know, pursuing great art. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because ninety nine percent of those Oscar movies that get more att- attention don't need it. They've already mm. gotten plenty, mm-hmm. or will get plenty depending on when it's released. They have huge stars. There's no need for it, and I don't mean for them. I mean for us. Like we've seen them. We I know about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It was out for a million years. Irishman. I did not care for it. The Irishman. Oh, yeah. No one's ever going to hear about this little film Martin Scorsese did with all of the 70s greats, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I mean, <laughs> great that they're there. I'm not saying we should ignore them. I'm just saying they don't need any of this, and we don't need to hear more about it. Right. Um, also, a, a, a another big award at the Spirit Awards is the First Film Award. That is like kind yeah, of best first feature, yeah. Best first right, feature. Right, right. It go, kind of goes hand in hand with best. And like last year's best first feature was Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. Two years ago was The Witch. And, yeah, you know, on, then man. they made The Lighthouse this year, right, which was right. amazing as well. That, that's such a great and smart award to say you made your first, you know, like, you know, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Right. I mean, I remember watching that this year and being like, this is such a great first yeah. film. And, uh, you know, people should know about this because the, here's an here's a director who there's something there. We yeah. want to like we want to see more of that and to be encouraged and to give an award Let's to somebody and say, you did, yeah, you did. You took some great risk. You did a great yeah. job. And he, with the next film, do something great. But sorry, you don't have four million dollars to spend on an ad campaign. Right. So we're going to ignore you 100 um, percent. Yeah, I love that they have the best first feature, because first of all, like the Oscars gives you 10 Feature films for best picture. They started doing that like, I don't know, like 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all, again just to get more money because they get more, they could trot out more stars. This time they actually have, they have five best feature films. Then they actually use those other five to be like, oh, here's first feature so we can highlight more good film. These aren't necessarily the sparkly ones that you know. I don't know. I've never known anyone from uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. None of those right. stars I was familiar with until I saw the film. And then I wanted to see more of all of them. I I mean, you know, I freaked out by Jonathan Majors, who plays the best friend. Yeah. He's nominated for Best Supporting Actor in the Spirit Awards. 
ignored by the you know the Globes and the whatever and the Oscars. Uh, but he's also been nominated a ton. Like his performance is is definitely winning and getting attention, but not from advertisers in these big shows. And then uh, um, you want to talk about best director? Yeah, I do. I think Best Director in the Spirit Awards really is a great representation of what is missing in some of the yeah. other awards, um, a.k.a. anybody that's not a white dude. <laughs> um, and, and here you have Lorene Scafaria. Yeah, for Hustler. Is it Scafaria? I think so, yeah. Here you have Lorene Scafaria for Hustlers, a movie that was completely snubbed yeah. by the Oscars and is totally worthy and is passed over for... I, I think so many reasons is that it is, uh, you know, it, that it is about women. Yeah. And it is, I think if you, like, replace that with men, you have, like, yeah. a movie that is, would be up for a ton of awards. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the Spirit Awards, they honor that. The director of Honey Boy. Oh, yeah. Alma Harrell. She is really great. I've seen, so she used to work in documentary, and I watched one of her documentaries at the film festival. It was a very, like, fantastical almost documentary, which you, those two words together don't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw her speak and... Um, the magical realism. Yeah. She genuinely does have this, just this dreamy element to her work, which was documentary until now, and she worked really closely with uh, Shia... And then um, the Safdie brothers doing Uncut Gems, I mean, totally worth it. They yeah. they made that movie, the feelings that you have in that, that like they yeah. are directing your feelings. You know, they, yeah. they like, they put you in that box. They they make you have that rush the entire time yeah, that is completely and propelled <laughs> by, their, by their direction. And then you have Robert Eggers for The Lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, that movie was, you know, had that, that square aspect ratio, that you know, high contrast. It, it did had those cameras from like the 1900s. It's just, you know, those two guys going at it is completely unhinged and yeah. weird and uh, wonderful yeah. in every single way and couldn't have been done uh, unless it was directed by And that's not a movie that's going to get nominated for Best Picture in the Oscars? No. Because it's a strange movie. Mm -hmm. But they can recognize it elsewhere. And then Julius Ona for Loose. Yeah, which I, I looked up recently because this was one, and this is another thing about the Spirit Awards. There's always one or two that I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. And I spend a, a great deal of time looking at new movies coming out and trying, just trying to figure what's coming out. Still, stuff's going to slip by you. And I watched the trailer for this, and it looks so intense and emotional and impactful. And it's a very interesting, it's almost like a thriller, like a, I want to say like a social thriller um, that I'm very excited to see now. Um, but yeah, I had never heard of it, and, um, and this looks amazing. There's some great stuff. The only thing that's weird about that, I do find it weird, they listed each of the Softy brothers separately. I don't know if that was just how it was listed on where I read it, but... How do you determine which of them is going to win? Or is it just like they both they both win? I do not know. That is weird. Um, but yeah, a really good representative uh, group of directors. The Another thing that is weird, and I'll, just so I'm not like a total cheerleader, is that, that there's several of these that aren't nominated for best film or best first film, but that are directed for best director. And then some of the best films directors aren't nominated. It's a little weird. Yeah. Because everyone always complains, oh... Like with Greta Gerwig, the best, you know, nominated for Best Picture, but did she not direct it? Mm -hmm. So that's a little strange, but I'm wondering if that has something to do with how their their process of voters goes. But 
Just a small thing in an otherwise uh, sparkling award show. Yes. Do you have anything else? Yeah, they also have, you know, the Oscars always have these Lifetime Achievement Awards, these special awards. Um, I like the ones at the Spirit Awards much better. The Cassavetes Award is Best Feature, I believe, under $500,000. Oh, that's great. So it's a truly independent film. Like, that's a lot of money to me. Yeah, yeah. For a film that is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So they give an award for someone who's truly independent, who truly has to, like, scrape up some money and make a beautiful movie. Um, One of our favorites and a Milwaukee gem... Uh, Give Me Liberty Yes Is nominated all over the place Yes Give Me Liberty Totally I mean it was my number one movie yeah. Of last year And totally worthy of everything And I wasn't even like When it wasn't up for Oscars I wasn't even like Mad at it yeah. Because it was like So small That I was like You know it, it didn't even Really stand a chance But then Here it is yeah. At Spirit Awards It's up the Cassavetes Award Yeah Best support, I don't know if it's actor Or supporting actor but sporting actress for sure. Uh, there's, it's all over the place at this award, which is really exciting. And then they have the Bonnie Award, which is uh, an award, and all these awards come with money too, which is nice. Especially, I mean, at the Oscars, that would be obscene, yeah, <laughs> uh, to give money to them. Right. Uh, but for these films, it makes sense because they they're not of that elite that need that have everything at their disposal. So the Bonnie Award is for a mid-career female filmmaker. So this year, the nominees are Marielle Heller, Kelly Reichardt, and Lulu Wong. So it's, I mean, all of them have, like, really shown <laughs> their worth, and now they're going to get rewarded for it, which is just really great, not only to see the films that you love and the stars that you want to see, mm-hmm. but also discover some new ones that are about to become huge, whether the Oscars nominate them or not. I'm so done with hearing about the Irishman. I'm so done with oh. hearing about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know. We're done. We're done with it. Oscar's We're moving canceled. on. Oscars canceled. Moving on to the yeah. Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, the Spirit Awards. Yeah. And when are they? They are on February 8th. Yep. That is when Spirit Awards are um, streaming on IFC. IFC. It, the, the only the frustrating part is that it's hard to watch them if you yeah. don't have IFC. True. After the awards, uh, there's a bunch of YouTube clips. You'll definitely find the monologues. Um, you'll see some of the speeches. And we'll talk about the people that win after February 8th yeah. when it happens. Very excited. Okay, okay, Polly. What else are you watching? Um, oh, I had a great movie-going experience. Did you? Yeah. And the, uh, at the Oriental, we had a member screening of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, uh, I'm so upset I had to miss that. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not. Ow! Hedwig! Don't you know me, Kansas City? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try and turn me down. How did some slip of a girly boy become the internationally ignored song stylist barely standing before you? It's one of my favorite movies, honestly. It's one of the best. And it's the movie I've seen the most in the theater. I have now, after last week, seen it six times in the theater. That is incredible. <laughs> I'm very, I've never seen it in the theater, and I was so oh, jealous yeah. that I missed it. So uh, if you're not familiar with Hedwig and the Angry Ridge, please look it up. It is a the best rock musical Absolutely. <laughs> ever. The songs are so good. Songs are amazing. The costumes are amazing. It's a really unique story, and the performances are great. Uh, it's a perfect movie. As one of my coworkers said, perfect movie. Um, but we showed it to a couple of audiences on uh, Wednesday, and we were lucky enough to have performers from the rep. So the rep is putting it on starting on the 31st. 
of this month. Uh, so their Hedwig and Yitzhak, those are two characters from mm-hmm. the film, came over and did a song bef- on the stage at the Oriental Theater before the movie showed. It, I geeked out. Like, that is I tried to keep it together on stage, yeah, yeah. and I did not succeed. Uh, but it was great. So seeing them perform and then seeing the movie with an audience and hearing everyone crack up and get excited, that was like one of, my, one of the best member screenings I think we've ever had. That is great. Yeah, it was awesome. I watched the movie Stalker. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? I have not. We showed that, and I missed it at the theater. It's very long. Yeah. It's nearly three hours. Very fantastical. 1979 Russian. Sci-fi? Sci-fi. 1979 Russian (laughs) sci-fi movie uh, that's nearly three hours long. It was was an adventure. Yeah. It it was a lot. (laughs) We got to the end, and I was like, wow, that was, I, I, I watched it with my friend, and I was like, we watched it on Criterion, and I was like, if I watched that by myself, yeah. um, that would have been difficult to get through. But yeah. it was very good. Um, the other thing that I'm watching is I'm watching The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, such a good show. So, did you watch season three? I've seen a few, like two or three episodes so far. I, like, I love this. I love this TV series from yeah. the start. Like, season one was great. Season two is great. Season three, they really... It was already a beautiful show. Yeah, they it was amped all, it up. and they amped it up. Yeah. The like the costumes are absolutely amazing. Yeah, and they have like the in the last episode, they it starts off with these choreographed swimmers. Oh, I did see that. That's amazing. I was just like, they had to chore- do choreographed swimming for yeah. this, you know. And uh, there is this scene where her and Lenny Bruce are in this. Uh, like bar. I love that Lenny Bruce is a character in this show, and he's so good. Yeah, and uh, and uh, the like ambiance of the bar is this guy, and he's walking around, and it's like a Polynesian restaurant yeah. in uh, like 1960 <laughs> at like the height of like Exotica. Yeah, and so it's just like it's such a vibe, and the art direction is just so incredibly good. The jokes are so funny. It's a hilarious show. Yeah, everything about that show is absolute perfection i agree i'm a big fan of comedy history yeah and that is takes place at a pinnacle time in american comedy history so it's essentially about a woman who wants to be a stand-up comic which at that time was a novelty at best yeah but she's got real chops and she's trying to show everyone like no i'm i'm amazing and her jokes are hilarious and she's really funny and that whole era is just fascinating because you got Lenny Bruce fighting for uh, for uh, uh, First Amendment rights yep. with ha- free speech. Um, it, so, but you also have Tony Shalhoub who plays the dad, oh who's like one God, of my favorite. He's things. so good. He you know is like an aging academic, and he he wants to you know get back into it, and he's full of ideas, yeah. but he can't quite figure out his place in 1960 and he's like kind of finally figuring it out each character like has their own arc and in this season two they they've brought in all the like identities of other people in 1960 and you know the our history our view of history is just white people and that's you know when you're going to make a tv series about it it's you know it's difficult to talk about all those other things not just through the lens of oppression and in in this they talk about how how these how they're handled in entertainment. Yeah. And they, you know, her ex-husband is opening up a club in Chinatown. And so, it, you know, it right. talks about, like, what Chinatown looks in New York in 1960. Yeah. You know, she's on tour with an African-American 
um, entertainer. Yeah. And they, you know, it talks about like what life is like and how they interact, like how everybody interacts at that time as well. And in such a way that is, is so thoughtful to all of these identities and how they work together and what history was like at that time. It's it, it just, it, yeah. it just it, literally everything about this series. I'm just watching it. It's like, it's it best, is absolutely one of the best shows perfect. on TV right now. I say that having uh, kind of abandoned a lot of television. Me too. So I don't know that that's true. Yeah. Although I do watch this because I love it. And there's a few shows that I'm like, I like it, but I don't feel like I need to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I will say also my friend Connor is on that show. What? He plays in the second season. Uh, her manager goes to the Catskills to follow her, yeah. her client. Yes. And she's pretending to work there. Yeah. And she sees another guy who's doing the same thing. Yes. Crisscross guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my friend Gunner. Oh, my God. He's great. Yeah. Apparently, That's a great little bit. And apparently he's in the third season again, which I have not gotten to yes, his part yet. So I'm very excited. Oh, uh, that's so good. Um, also, one other thing I'd like to plug uh, is I'm <laughs> I'm reading this book uh, called On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. Oh, I yeah. I'm literally just about to start that book. Oh, my Ocean God. Ocean Yes. Yeah. It is... So incredible. Yeah. I have, it usually, sometimes when I read, I'm like 25 pages a day is like my thing. I'm like, I read 25 pages a day. I got to yeah. get through it, you know? And Cause if like, if you slow down, you're going to like stop. Right. And, uh, um, but I have, I have just slowed down completely oh, in reading yeah. this book because each word is so beautiful. He was a poet. This yeah. is his first novel. And it's and yeah. that is so like what it is. It's like it's like it's a poet writes a novel. So it's like these little glimpses of his life and it's, you know, this letter to his mom. And yeah. so he remembers all of these things in such detail yeah. and with such vivid beauty and with such love. It's so delicate and and loving. Yeah. As I'm excited to read it. I it was definitely, it was on a bunch of top 10 lists last year for mm-hmm. the best book of the year and all this stuff. And I was at a weird, at a, at a weird event. I don't know why I said that. I was at, <laughs> a, I was at an event where everyone was reading different poems uh, by, uh, it was, it was a Shakespeare day at um, um, Marquette. Yeah. And someone read an Ocean Vuong poem and I'm like, Oh, that's really cool poem. Like it was, it, it was pretty, but it was also funny and interesting. Yeah. So I was, and then when I heard that the book came out, I was like, oh, I got to check that out. Yeah. I have one more plug. Yeah. I love this thing. Yeah, we're just doing it. <laughs> it's Things another podcast. Love. I apologize. It's not local. We all listen to podcasts. Yeah, we all listen to podcasts. Uh, speaking of my friend Connor, who's in <laughs> Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, uh, on the 23rd, the full run of his new podcast called Dead Eyes comes out. Okay. It's the impetus from his, uh, for the podcast is that, uh, when Band of Brothers was being made, uh, that's a uh, miniseries HBO. We know what we Band all know of what Brother Band of Brothers is, is right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a little, <laughs> thanks, little thanks known. Thanks for the explainer. Indie, indie explainer. Uh, he was cast in it. Okay, that was going to be his big break, and then Tom Hanks made him re-audition and fired him. No, <laughs> so he has had Tom Hanks, the villain like he of this story. That's why this is so interesting. Oh my. He literally had to audition for him again, like for him for the first time, but audition again. Yeah. And he said, he's going to go a different direction. And I believe dead eyes is because the feedback he got was you have dead eyes. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's a genuinely funny podcast, but he talks to, uh, Darcy, oh, I can't remember her name. She's like an actress from the good, the good, uh, the good, people. the good place, the good place. Thank you. My other favorite uh, show. John Hamm is on one of his episodes. 
Uh, he's a really funny comedian who works in the, U- uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, in New York. And so he met all these famous people from his shows that he does, he does there. He has them on to talk about this thing that happened to him and other like career foibles that people may have had. That's but great. I'm really excited to dig into it. I heard the first episode and it's so entertaining. It's sad, but also very funny. That's great. What is the name of the podcast? Uh, Dead Eyes. Podcast Dead Eyes. The book, Unearthed We're Briefly Gorgeous. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. These are all, oh, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch. If you have not seen it, please see it six times in the theater like yeah. I did. Wow. Great. A lot of good stuff. Good stuff. All right. This is Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. Also known as the Newski. Handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Oh, thanks. We also get support from Associated Bank. You're a bank and you like us. (laughs) And also from. Not the the best. (laughs) That's not the best I've ever done. From uh, uh, our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Thank you. And what would we be without the kindness and the generosity and the warm-heartedness of a very one, K-Polly? Oh, guys. Should we thank anyone else? No, that's good. No, that's good. I think we're great. All right. Thanks. Bye.